Hello and welcome to part one of this week's Too Much Time On Our Hands podcast. Not the podcast you deserve, but the podcast you need. Uh, like last week, we're going to go through two, three different topics, split into three different hour-ish long pods. Um, and we've come up with them, we've put them on Facebook, you've uh, had your inputs. Uh, if you like what you hear, leave a review on Facebook or iTunes. Uh, so let's let's just get straight into it. Uh, we spoke for three hours last week and we went a bit weird towards the end. I know because I edited it and it goes a bit strange <laughs> towards the end. So we're going to start off with Tom this week. Hello. Uh, okay, so first topic on the pod. Underappreciated <clears throat> slash bad games that we can't help but love. So we've tried to keep it as ambiguous as possible by calling it bad slash underappreciated to sort of encompass everything about those two words that, you know, it's not so much a guilty pleasure as we're looking for those games that were genuinely bad or panned by critics or genuinely not liked by fans. And yet there's still a very warm, yet small, uh, part of our heart that can't help but love them. Um, So I'll kick things off. With one that may seem a bit um, a bit obvious. It was a AAA release. <laughs> uh, and it's... Uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to even beat around the bush anymore. It's The Force Unleashed 2. Oh, okay. Now, I played The Force Unleashed when it was first released. And I'm talking about the first game here. And do you know what? For all the detractors of that game, it was still kind of accepted that, you know, it was like a... It was a 75% game. It was one of those ones that they go, well, you'll like it if you like Star Wars. It's a good little story. Kind of fills the gap between uh, the prequels and the uh, and the original trilogy. But the uh, second one was almost... I mean, it is a shameless cash-in. It was one of those games that was released purely because the first one did okay. The problem is they, they missed out a lot of the stuff that made the first one, you know, passable. Story for instance, (laughs) Um, good varied gameplay, uh, you know, sort of a feeling that you were in the Star Wars universe. What you felt like in the second second Unleashed, Force Unleashed game was that you were kind of sightseeing around the Star Wars galaxy and you were kind of plonked in places for the sake of being plonked in places. Like, um, you start on Kamino, uh, in the cloning facility, which the Empire now runs, and you're, you you believe yourself to be a, a clone of the character from the first game, uh, and it's kind of left ambiguous throughout the game whether you are. You see what I mean? There's nothing that's really explained, but there are things about it that I really enjoy. The character has two lightsabers, and that's epic, like running around with two lightsabers. <laughs> you wielding lightsabers. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's great. And, and do you know what? The trailer for it showing him. Um, uh, destroying an entire room of stormtroopers with his double lightsabers was just epic and mm. it was really cool and you try and do that the whole way through the problem is though most of the way through the game you're fighting the same four enemies and having the same fight over and over again but you feel like a force of nature because you've got all these powers at your disposal just to do whatever you want it's like it's basically like a big playground a big linear playground where you're just you're just hacking and slashing your way through like some sort of you know crazed uh, nightmare of George Lucas's just going <laughs> mental, but it is rubbish. I, but I, but mm. I still can't help myself from going back to. It. I played through it ten, fifteen times. Like, mm. I mean, it's just loads of times. I played it over and over again, and I, 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 every time I come away from it, going, that was utter rubbish. That was such a <laughs> shit game. But it was really good fun to play, and I think that's maybe the reason why it occupies such a nice, warm place in my heart. So, is the is the second one the first one where you dual wield because? 
Or is it's the first one you can do that as well? No, in the first one, you um, you only have one. Okay. Just one lightsaber. Then am I mis- holding a really cool... Am I misremembering that he can also do like uh, the, Empire, uh, the Emperor's lightning Yeah, thing? he can do lightning, and yeah. he can do this awesome thing where he sort of like pulls in all the force energy around him and then unleashes it in this sort of woof shockwave. That wait, kind of... wait, wait. He unleashes the force? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> I see, I get it. Yeah. Ah, see the onion, it's getting peeled there, isn't it? The force <laughs> well, unleashed onion. No, really... no stone left unturned. No, in this absolutely. Pod. No, exactly. <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, the, um, the centre of the force unleashed two onion um, smells of poo. Um, <laughs> at its heart, it is a terrible, cynical object, but I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. I do feel mm. guilty, and I do want to rub myself with bleach after playing it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, just I, a little bit. I, I don't think you're the only one, actually, because I think I've heard other people um, sort of reminisce about this game and talk about it quite highly. Um, mainly the first one. I must, must admit, I haven't heard anyone talk about the second one, but the first one they've said bridges a nice gap in the in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it's just generally quite a fun game to play. So I might have to go back and check that one out. Actually, it's good. It's on the Wii. Yes, I know. Yes, of course you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the on man, my radar. The, the, the walking, talking Nintendo encyclopedia, of course yeah. he knows. I, ha- I had it on the Wii, actually. That was when I first played it. Oh, really? I played through it on the Wii. Yeah. Mainly because I really liked the idea of using the waggling. wag controller and waggling around. Yeah. And like, See, like everyone's got a soft spot yeah. for the waggle controls. Exactly. They all moan about it. But, <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, it's uh, the, the first game is a far better game than like Star Wars Connect. For instance, okay, well, that's not which, hard. Which, <laughs> by the way, I, wow. I bought <laughs> genuinely <laughs> believing I was going to have Damn a great time praise. doing Jedi-esque stances in my in my living room. But in the end, it became very painfully apparent that uh, thanks to bad mapping, bad implementation, bad story, and stuff mm. like that, I ended up feeling very tired. And really unfulfilled, mm. just like my wife does after sex. So, so yeah. Sorry, Jolie. Let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about um, uh, a game I loved that didn't get terrible reviews upon release. Um, so it wasn't necessarily critically panned. It also didn't get amazing reviews or anything. But you know, it's all middle-ish sevens and eights, like you're saying with Force Unleashed. But for some reason, in the intervening years, whether it's from uh, having dated or just you know the internet hive mind having taken a stance on it. Um, it get, always gets bashed. I always see it getting bashed on forums and whatnot. The game is Castlevania uh, 64. Wrongly called Castlevania 64 because it's just called Castlevania actually, but everyone knows it's Castlevania 64 <coughs> to not so because it's easy to confuse with the, uh, the NES game. Um, but I think there's a lot to love about that game. I played it at the time. I had it at the time, and. It was the first Castlevania game I'd ever played, so I didn't go in with any kind of preconceived ideas or anything. But I just had... I was completely blown away with it. The first time I played it, the game starts super creepy, super atmospheric. Um, You're out in some castle courtyard or whatever, and um, you're standard dude with whip, as you are in most Castlevania games. And um, within about five minutes, you fight a boss. Literally, like... It, it just, you walk, you know, through this kind of creepy graveyard or whatever, suddenly out f- from the ground pops this gigantic skeleton, like, 
you know, 25 feet tall or something, and he's got a bunch of minions around him, you're like, holy shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> this game properly drops you in the deep end. It's just got these constant respawning skeletons that just keep... <laughs> I know, I have to say skeletons. <laughs> and they keep uh, <laughs> being thrown at you. You're whipping them, and then they disintegrate into pieces. It's, it's just, like, super fun to play. Um, then you pretty soon you start fighting werewolves and Frankensteins with chainsaws and you enter creepy houses and um, there's like a, a big villa where you start seeing vampires there's a creepy lady who's um, uh, watering flowers with blood <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah it, gave, it also gave me my first jump scare at that game oh, really? there's a bit where you go into the uh, this villa and you go upstairs and you go into this dining room and in pops this villager and he basically says, oh my god, why are you here? You've entered hell, basically. This place mm. is terrible, terrible things are happening. Your character turns around a little bit, and there's a mirror on the, in the dining room, and of course this villager doesn't have a reflection. Dun, dun, dun! As he turns back quickly, this vampire's turned, you know, gone um, Bilbo Gollum mode, yeah. and... Um, you know, and launches itself at you, and it's just like it was the first jump scare I've ever had in a game, and I literally leapt about a foot in the air. Honestly, you describing <laughs> it just then, I was yeah. like, oh my god, this is amazing. I thought you know he was going to turn around and see a vampire coming in behind. No, no, no. no. The villager is the vampire, and he basically <laughs> leaps nice. at you. Nice. And um, it, I'm sure it was not that scary now, but at the time it was. You know, I wasn't expecting it. And um, yeah, it's just um, it's a really great creepy atmospheric game. People hate it because it's clunky. It's got typical N sixty four crappy early three D controls, mm. really crappy camera. Um, but you know, if you can put up with those things, I think it, you could probably still enjoy it to this day. It's got some creepy music. Um, I don't think the graphics are too bad by. N64 standards, which isn't saying much. I going to say by modern standards. No, well, by modern standards, they're appalling, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but if you can get over that kind of thing, yeah. then... Well, at least they're better than Daykatana, I guess, is the... You uh... are the similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice drop there. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, that's the game I love, Castlevania 64. So, there might be a couple of Mega Drive games on my one, having never owned a mm. Nintendo. I'm going to start with the critically panned Altered Beast, ah. which was a game that <coughs> was one of three games that I got when I first got my Mega Drive, which was another one might get mentioned in a bit. Uh, and as a result of just being one of the only games I had for this amazing high-tech console <laughs> that I'd never experienced Blast before, processing. that didn't have tapes, um, so I, I was... Um, enamoured with this incredibly bad game where you slowly move towards enemies you get dropped glowing balls you get a little bit bigger and then you turn into an animal that can do one of several things generally just run very fast towards the enemy um, 50% of the time you'll hit the bad guys 50% of the time you won't uh, and particularly when the main bosses come you'll find that they've got eyes in the middle of their head that you're only really going to be able to get to if you just really hit jump really fast and then 50% of the time it won't work. That's the guy. Yeah. Look at look at his little head. I'm just looking at an image here and this guy has the, the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger with the head of a um, small child. <laughs> he really does. He doesn't have trouble finding hats. No. Um, so it's a terrible game. Um, and at the time, I remember trying to convince 
my friends that it, it was really rather good. <laughs> um, they were all playing Super Nintendos, though, and telling me that, that I should be playing Street Fighter. And they were probably <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's Altered Beast. It's, it's a terrible game. Um, but I loved it at the time, and I think if I played it now, although the, the IGN review I just brought up said, mediocre... If you have happy memories of this game, don't play it again. <laughs> um, can, can I see a picture of the tiny head? Oh, you, you not see it? see it? Okay, I didn't okay. see this. We'll put one up as well. I mean, how, the... how tiny are we? Oh, we're talking like super yeah. tiny. That's, That's just good. after he picked up one of the little glowing balls. And then... Dude, I, can, I can't even see his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. The Mega Drive was a powerhouse. <laughs> well, unless you wanted to model someone's head, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it started with with the the first, I think the first vocal part I'd heard in a video game. This guy just comes in and goes, "Rise from your grave," and I'm like, "I'm in, I'm in." <laughs> it's talking to me. That's that's weird. I haven't I haven't had to wait half an hour for it to load up uh, to play clacks. Um, and. <laughs> And uh, someone's just spoken to me in a video game, and I'm basically just just going along, fifty percent of the time hitting bad guys, fifty percent of the time not hitting bad guys. Oh, that's even better. So the first picture I was looking at was really low res, mm -hmm. and the guys. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like um, you know that scene in um, Beetlejuice where Beetlejuice is sitting on the couch <laughs> in the waiting room. And he's sitting next to that explorer with the shrunken head, yeah, yeah. with the tiny head. Um, that, that's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Mm. So you'd get. I'm showing the guys a picture. You get bad guys like this. You don't have any like ballistic weapons or anything. But he just fires his head at you repeatedly. And as I said, he doesn't punch wow. up, punch down. You, I think you can kneel and punch. He just punches straight ahead. So if if the head kind of lands. On your head, yeah. I think you've got to move back, but he doesn't move particularly quickly. He just kind of walks along, with his fists up in like a 1920s kind of boxer <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. way. Queensbury rules. And he, <laughs> yeah. he walks. He walks along like like that, very very slowly. And it was a frustrating game, but I remember playing it repeatedly because. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? When you're a kid. You could buy one game maybe every yes. you know few months, or you'd be lucky you got one for Christmas, and then that would be it. You'd be stuck with this. You better <laughs> damn well enjoy it. Like, it didn't matter if it was the worst game ever made. You'd enjoy it. But it, I get the feeling that if I played it today, mm. I'd still put in a good twenty minutes before I get no, this is bollocks. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, a good 20 minutes. Pure 20 minutes of just nostalgic <laughs> yeah. goggles. And yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, but God. You, know, amazing, yeah. you know as well as I that the second you sit down to play a game and you think, oh, I'm just going to play this for half an hour, three hours have passed, <laughs> and you, you can't even tell what you've done in that time. Yeah. You know, and, and I think if you sat down in front of that for 20 minutes, you get maybe, you know, sort of... Well, it depends how slow you're talking about him walking. He walks like, very, very slowly. Very, very slowly. Yeah. I had the choice of many other games. There was Streets of Rage, there was Sonic, although Sonic was one of the games I had. You went, I want that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one of the ones I got with it, yeah. And there's another one which will probably be the next game coming up. Well, yeah. to be fair, the title does sound amazing and um, yeah. the premise of the game sounds cool. I want a yeah. box art look like. I've, I've literally was just thinking that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's what cool. you'd imagine. It looks, that looks pretty <clears throat> damn cool. It looks, yeah. reminds me of an kind of 80s barbarian film. Okay, so his head's 
It's like, Admittedly, it's not a man's head, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, no, it's, but it's, it's like a wolf's it's head. It's a normal-sized yeah. head there. Yeah. Admittedly, on top of a aggressively roid rage-filled <laughs> Well, that's body. the thing. You, the first glowing board you'd pick up, you start off as like a, a well-built guy, but relatively skinny. So you'd pick up this glowing ball, mm. and you'd get bigger, mm. and your head would stay the same size, obviously, as we've discovered. So maybe the game is actually a sort of a subconscious, subversive way <laughs> of warning children about the risks of steroid abuse. That eventually you turn into a giant wolfman. With a tiny head. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And if it, you, your head, your saying, head will always be that size. Mm. If the muscle around it gets bigger, oh look, we've got a handy little yeah. graph here which shows the progression. Yeah. Oh, and his shirt comes off. So as the well. Fir- well, yeah, the first, the first evolution is merely to lose your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, his right arm is clearly way more beefed up than his left. Well, you know, he's a tall gentleman. Has to do something with his. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly <laughs> single. <laughs> he gets, he gets taller as well. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yes, and yet the head Well, like stays... his feet get more muscly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His muscly and... soles of his feet push them up a bit. And yet the head the remains... Head remains the same. The bean on top of... Yeah. yeah. Except, except in the third one, he's just looking at us. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I did this. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> what have you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Terrible game, but uh, it's a lot of fun at the time. Fair dues. Mm. Back to you, Sean. Tom. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Are you going back round here? I thought you were looking yeah. at Tom when you said it, but that was like taunting me. Sorry. <laughs> back to you, Tom. All this talk of love. Mm. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> again, it's not it's not necessarily the oldest game ever, but it's one that, as a as a fan of military history and someone who you know likes to read books about the Second World War until he's you know basically passed out. Um, this was a game that I was really excited about when I first heard about it, um, and it's Velvet Assassin, which was uh, a game similar in vain to the sort of the Splinter Cell movies, uh, movies, the Splinter Cell video games, uh, in that you're a, a lone operative behind enemy lines, and your um, and your goal is to perform certain actions and, and you know accomplish certain missions um, while on your own. Uh, and you play uh, a, a secret intelligence service, um, a British agent called uh, Violet Summer, who is, uh, I believe, based on... Um, uh, yeah, Violet Zabo, who was a real-life secret agent saboteur. Hmm. Um, so that is where the similarities end. Okay, so the whole game takes place in flashbacks. When you first meet, um, when you first meet Violet in the game... Uh, She's in a hospital bed. Uh, she's uh, basically uh, all dripped up on morphine because of some horrendous injuries that you don't know you don't yet know about. And she starts to remember um, a lot of the uh, <laughs> a lot of the things that have um, uh, been happening to her and the sort of mission she'd been on. Um, and the reason I like it is the premise. I like the idea of going through someone's flashbacks um, while they're in a hospital bed, obviously from catastrophic injuries. It's a bit like the English patient. You know you're going to see how they got there Mm -hmm. at some point. The problem is, the execution of the game was awful. Mm -hmm. The stealth mechanic in a game that was based all around stealth was terrible. It It was really, really bad. It... Darkness was modelled fantastically, but it didn't seem to help you. The enemies mm-hmm. seemed to be walking around being able to shine torches out their eyes and see you instantly. Mm. The silence pistol 
you'd be lucky if half the time it would even connect with you, uh, with with the person you're aiming at. So you, you'd find yourself constantly trying to um, constantly trying to shoot people stealthily. You'd miss them, even though you were pointing right at it and the reticule was over their head. Or it would ping off the wall or something. It would alert them, they'd turn around, and suddenly every enemy in the game would be swarming on your position. Mm. It also dealt with, I think, the, the, the matter of the Second World War really badly, in the sense that, that she has this special power, like kind of bullet time, but it's, they call it morphine time or something. So it's just, just like, okay. oh, it's morphine time! <laughs> you know, ah! And suddenly she appears in her hospital gown, which is basically an excuse to show a female video game character in their smalls, okay. um, and petals start falling from the sky. And it basically means you can, if basically to be used, if you ever find yourself in trouble, you can use it to... Um, you can use it to um, kind of slow down time and make one cheap kill and then get out of there. Problem is, most of the time you're going to find yourself being able to use it. There are more than one enemy. And the second you take one of these guys out and a cheap kill, everyone sees it anyway. Okay. But I can't help but keep going back to it, mainly because of um, one mission in particular, which I love getting through. And of course, I have to, you have to get through all the other bloody missions before you can get there. But there's one particular mission, which is... Um, uh, kind of uh, in the middle of, um, I mean, you know, the Nazis were are known for um, horrendous war crimes and all that sort of stuff. And if, you know, it's, a, it's actually the, the mission. The mission itself is set during um, a um, basically a massive air raid on a Polish village um, while war crimes are being uh, committed by this by this um, military unit of the Nazi war machine. And um, you're sneaking around it, and it's. The atmosphere is just unbelievable. It's it, it's it's oppressive. It's crushing, but it's it's an incredible thing to play. I mean, I, you know, it's not the subject matter. Obviously, is is awful, but it's just very very good, and mm. it's very very right. The problem is, of course, it's nestled in an entire game mm. that is just is is just not very good. It, it isn't very good, and it, yeah. it and it, it wasn't necessarily panned. It was a three out of five sort yeah. of game. It was one of those. It's all right. It's not terrible, kind of things. It's it's worth a game if you if you find it cheap somewhere, play it. Mm. But if you don't, you're not missing out on much. And to be fair, if you're not a fan of military history, you're probably not going to get much out of it, really. Um, but I love it. It's a bit of a weird one. I know it brings the tone down a bit when you start talking about you know <laughs> war crimes, <laughs> but but it's um yeah, but it's a, it's a really good it's a really good mission. It's like one of those little gems in a in a big, you know, donkey poo, <laughs> and that's that's Velvet Assassin. Well worth a well worth a squirt if you can find it. But, but if you don't, don't worry about it. You're not missing out. Um, <clears throat> right. Okay. Well, this is going to be. Um, I'm going to talk about a recent game that I really enjoyed. That I was surprised at how bad the reception was for this game. It wasn't. Uh, it was a divisive game critically. Some reviewers kind of got it, others didn't, but um, I mean, one of the worst reviews I saw for it was a 4 out of 10 from GameSpot, so I mean, some people really hated it. But the game is codenamed Steam for the 3DS. Um, it's a new IP from Nintendo, um, Intelligent Systems, that specifically the studio that made it, who are um, the team behind Fire Emblem and Advance Wars, Paper Mario, and um, this is a turn-based strategy game like um, Fire Emblem but instead of um, being in the, st- in the combat style of that, th- that game this one takes place with a kind of over the shoulder third person 
um, view, and so it actually it controls like a third-person action shooter. So you have your guy, and the camera's sort of over his shoulder, and you move around with the left stick, um, you know, full 360 movement, and um, you aim with um, the, well, I, when I'm playing on the new 3DS, I've got a little nub, which is, works like a second stick, and so you aim with that stick. And you can target specific points of enemies and things. A tiny nub. A tiny nub. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the 3DS, I can show you, has um, the new 3DS. Mine's a bit knackered. But it has a little, like, like you used to get on old laptops, mm. a little uh, nub. Um, a little red a, nub. A little nub, which yeah. are, like, terrible. Yeah. And this one is pretty terrible as well, but it, it kind of does the trick. Hey, everything has a weak spot somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but the game has... Uh, I think a really cool setting. It's a uh, steampunk setting. Um, you play as the agents of codename Steam, and you're a kind of crack force of um, American literary and folk uh, characters, led by Abe Lincoln, who's <laughs> supposed to be dead, but is you know yeah. Yeah, at this I point he's dead. dead. Well, he is now, but this is set, this is set in like Victorian times. It's oh, like right. an alternate sort of steampunk. Yeah. But he at Something this point about a theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I had, uh, yeah, uh, apparently he didn't die in that, and he's actually went on uh, to become first Paul a sort of secret agent um, <laughs> leader. Too soon, isn't it? Way too, <laughs> too soon. soon. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And um, he assembles this kind of crack force of, as I say, like literary characters that shouldn't exist. But there's people like, um, like most of them I don't know, to be honest, because my American history and isn't very good. But there's kind of folk heroes like um, uh, John Henry. Is that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a guy called John Henry. There's characters from The Wizard of Oz. There's, you know, characters from other books as oh, well. Wow. Yeah, from Lovecraft as well. And, and the game starts in steampunk London. And... It, it's under attack from aliens of the sort of Lovecraftian variety. And um, your general mission is to get from one point in the map to the other. You'll have a goal. And you, each of your squad members has kind of action points. Yeah. And you move around, you shoot things and try and achieve the target. Um, and it's just, it, I find it ridiculously fun. I think it's fantastic. A lot of people criticised it because... Um, they didn't like the fact that it doesn't have an overhead map or an overhead view. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what your character can see is what you can see. So you don't know if there's an enemy around the corner. And in this game, there is an overwatch mechanic where if you walk into the line of fire or something, it will shoot you, even if it's your turn. Um, so people, some people hated that. I think it's kind of cool because it, it, you'd, in, if you were that soldier, you wouldn't know that there was a dude around the corner. There was no way of knowing. So your only way is to kind of gently, gingerly peek around it using <laughs> the camera. And then if you see him, try and maybe choose a different route or get a different character who's on a different part of the map to go and flank them so that you can make that route clear. I kind of like that stuff. Some people, some gamers, not so much because I guess they've been spoiled by games like XCOM or other things where you have everything at your disposal. You are you know, in complete command of your surroundings and you can figure out, okay, I need a guy here, I need a guy here, and then I can cre- create firing points and all this kind of stuff. This game is a little bit more trial and error maybe and a little bit more... It seems to remind me about, of, of the um, those excellent Gearbox World War Two shooters, the um, Brothers in Arms games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those, yes. those were phenomenally good. Yeah, because you were... You would, you would kind of discover the map as you went mm-hmm. rather than yeah. kind of planning everything. And it's also like the combat mission games from way, way, way ago, World War II again. Um, 
yeah, you would, you know, you'd have your group of tanks and men and stuff, and it was always always about little battlefields, but you you'd see things as you would see things. Yeah, you know, and if, if you someone gets tank, shot, they get so. shot. You know, yeah, you, you, there's no kind of <clears throat> way to to know before it happens. So, I, I to me, I kind of like that. Some reviewers hated it. They absolutely hated it and thought it's just a game flaw. I mm. see it as just a game mechanic. It's just a different take on that genre. Mm. And to me, I, I, it didn't bother me in the slightest. One thing that um, did drag the, the game down again was uh, the enemy turns. When the game was first released, the enemy turns were in real time. And so you would take all your turns and then each of the aliens would take a turn and they would move. And this could last quite a long time. And you know, When you just want to be playing a game, you don't really want to just be sitting there watching it unfold. No. People hated that. Um, so they did patch in, soon after release, um, an option to uh, do it in kind of triple speed or something, to like massively increase the speed of the enemy turns. And so when I had the game, I already had that implemented. But I can see how, when the reviewers first had it, they probably found it excruciating. God, you know, I'm just I'm thinking about it now, and I'm thinking about games like um, Jagged Alliance. Do you remember on the PC? No. Jagged Alliance was a sort of a turn-based thing. Mm-hmm. If you had to wait for every... Every, tile yeah. on the map to move as well. Mm. You would you would question why you bought the game because you'd just be like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm spending half the time watching something else. Yeah, play the game. I think that was one of the, one of the big problems that people had. Yeah, the reviewers had and that consumers had, and it, it it completely destroyed the reputation of this game. And so it sold really badly and has never recovered. And I found this game, I mean, bearing in mind it's less than a year old, mm. I found this game on Amazon for £7. Buy oh, I me. Mean. Yeah. yeah for a, for a brand new Nintendo as well, usually hold their value <laughs> very well. But it's a shame because it's a new IP, new direction, fantastic kind of premise, good setting. Will Wheaton does the um, the voice of one of the characters. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton plays Abe Lincoln in this game, you know, geek, <laughs> geek favourite. Um, Will Wheaton. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. If ever um, you see it cheap, I strongly urge you to give it a chance because it's a very likable experience. I have to buy a 3DS. Well, you should do that as well because they're they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice, yeah. good recommendation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I'm what, in. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Um. So me then. Damn. Second. Hello. <laughs> it's time. Tello. Hello. I don't want to say tello. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So. Once again, the theme for for my picks generally is I've never owned a Nintendo. Instead, I had the superior kart racing game, Muppet Race Mania. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Muppet Race Mania was a game I bought when I bought my PS1. Um, and me and the girl I was going out with at the time, just any free moment we had, we put into that game, just trying to get every single it just complete every single aspect of that game um it, it's basically mario kart but with the muppets uh and interspersed with clips from muppet films wow uh and at the time i was going through a bit of a muppet phase uh i enjoy uh watching the muppets particularly the films um and i had just seen uh, muppets from space which yeah. is my favorite muppet film and as a result we worked our way through this game uh we completed the battle modes the racing modes uh won every race completed all the battle modes except for i think two which is when my game broke now normal people would have said it's time to move on (laughs) find another game this is a sign from Mm. from high above 
that you shouldn't be playing this game anymore. Yeah. It's a cheap Mario Kart copy. You're 21. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should not be playing no, this. It's, it's Tom, <laughs> people in glass houses, yeah. we know your secret. We know about my little game <laughs> <Yeah>. collection. <laughs> so, okay. There's no forgetting. All right, fine. I'm going to set that now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to stay out for a few yeah. rounds. <laughs> so sitting at home, not being able to find an English copy of Muppet Race Mania, I have... Uh, a Spanish version. <laughs> <laughs> we had to. I can't speak I English. I <laughs> Scour high and low to find um, because we desperately needed to play Muppet Race Mania. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not much more I can say about it. It's it is just basically a cheap Mario Kart copy. Wow. It's got it's got the Muppets in it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, so when you say the Muppets, are we talking like the you know Fozzy Bear and yeah. Kermit? Or- yeah. Or Kremit. And, and then, yeah, then Robin you'd, and. You'd unlock cars with yeah. like your favourite Muppets in. And was, then you um, drive around the track. Were the other ones, like the Sesame Street Muppets in it? Was no, it, like, it, was, it was literally just the Muppets from the film. Because I would have loved to have driven around as Elmo, like smacking the shit out of Fozzie Bear or something like that. I mean, that, that was fun. And, and the, the things you dropped, so you dropped like the penguins, you know, from the Muppet show, and they'd be like the things that just walk backwards towards people. That was fun, and it was. The fact is, you're talking about this in a really nostalgic way, which is like, which is actually like really nice because it's obviously mm. something that deep down you know you shouldn't have enjoyed <laughs> playing because everyone else was was right. But at the same time, you're <laughs> yeah. like, actually, this was really nice. I've got some really good memories from playing this. Yeah, it's it's when I should have been having sex with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Muppet Race Mania, and in particular, the Spanish copy of Muppet Race Mania. Very nice. Yeah. I can only imagine what it must have sounded like. The sort of exclamations of surprise. Oh, I think I think you could you could play around with the language on PS One. So I can't quite remember. And we, you might not have been actually. I don't know. I'd need to have a look at it, but that would mean setting up my PS Two again. <laughs> yeah. To play. Who'd PS1 want that? Again. Well, maybe me actually. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, Tom, anymore? Oh yes, um, I was going to mention one game in this lot, but I figured it was probably just—it was probably just not worth mentioning, really. Um, so I'm going to move on to my final choice, which it wasn't necessarily panned by the critics, but it certainly wasn't brilliantly received, um, and that was Mirror's Edge. Now I, mm. I enjoy this game; I really do enjoy this game, and I really fell in love with the character of Faith that you play. For anyone who hasn't played Mirror's Edge, it's, it's the free-running game. The first-person free-running game that's got a sequel coming out very soon, which is going to be set in a massive open world. Everything on paper sounded so good about Mirror's Edge. I remember when it was all coming out. It, you know, and, and it does. It controls very well. You do feel first-person like you are free-running from the safety of your couch, uh, you know, in your <laughs> pants with a packet of Haribo <laughs> next to you. Um, but... I just think it's one of those ones that you could tell was rushed out by the end. The world you're in feels very bare and very clean. Mm. And you look down onto the streets below you and you see a couple of people, maybe a couple of cars. It doesn't feel bustling. It basically just feels like they kind of spent so much time, you know, trying to figure out how people were going to get round these building tops and on these levels that they kind of forgot about everything else to the point where all the cutscenes in the game, apart from the first two... They obviously ran out of budget or time, because <laughs> all the cutscenes, the rest of them, are like kind of cartoony, and it's all kind of looks like cut out paper. So you kind of got this real dichotomy of a of a gorgeous looking three D world against a story that's being told to you like that looks worse than South Park. 
Um, it's really, really strange. And, you know, it just had some odd, odd game choices. There were, just, there were just some odd control choices. Like, you'd, you'd find yourself kind of dangling from a, from a ledge with one hand and trying to look round to see the ledge behind you. But instead of, like, you know, your neck moves quite quickly... Faith's neck doesn't move quickly. Faith spends about 30 to 40 seconds turning round to look behind her, by which point you've pretty much forgotten which way you're going or planning to go. Um, again, it's not a deal-breaker. The rest of it's very fast and furious, and it's all quite good fun. Um, but I would just say it's one of those ones. Good gameplay, great idea, not particularly brilliant execution, bit of a wonky story, um, terrible cutscenes. Um, any semblance of reality was lost <laughs> when you looked down and saw that there was barely anyone doing anything anywhere. Um, and, um, you know, it just kind of came together to be a bit of a, you know, meh. But what I love so much about it is that it was a new IP. It was a game genuinely trying to do something different. Um, and I, I, it, has a, it has a place in my heart because, because it, it did try to do something different. Um, which I think not a lot, of, uh, and well, no, not so much, not a lot, but not enough big publishers try to do anymore um, is try and make something different. Um, so yeah, I'd say Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge is definitely probably, <coughs> I'd probably say the crowning uh, game on my list of underappreciated bad games that I can't help but love. Yeah, it's a great is, game. Is it considered a bad game then? Because I didn't, I, I didn't, I've never played it, but I didn't realise it's it was, considered. A, I'd probably say a bad execution of a good a idea. Flawed game. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Deeply flawed. It's just it, there's. It's a bit reality breaking. Everything's all a bit glary. Mm. You're on top of a building, I mean, and also the story. I'm sorry. You're on top. Sorry, I'm, I'm sort of dotting around all over the place. But it's you're led to believe that the government the, of this building, uh, sorry, this building of the city are oppressive and nasty and some of the stuff you find out about them and the amount of surveillance that people undergo in this city you kind of think well yeah okay fair enough they're probably quite bad but the but the thing is that everything looks clean and nice and safe and there's an abundance of police and you kind of think well you know I'm not really seeing any of this kind of oppression I'm just being told mm. that there's oppression it's like one of those things like if you um if you woke up um you know, in an empty hospital and someone came up to you and said, quick, quick, come with me, there's zombies. The first thing you're going to do is go, oh, well, I better follow you then. And you're just kind of, it's like, you know, you're just being led along and then you find out there are no zombies and you've just been found by someone who was, I don't know, just in the hospital at the time, pulled the fire alarm and you're out there in a hospital gown with your balls out <laughs> and everyone's kind of gone... Are you, well, what are you doing out here? I thought you were in a medical coma, mm. and you're going. Well, this guy woke me up, and uh, now I'm out here, and I don't, I don't really know what's <laughs> going on. And I feel a bit embarrassed, and and it's because of that guy that you're embarrassed now. And okay. that's Mirror's Edge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It took a weird turn there. Yeah, yeah it's I'm weird. Oh, is, I think it's the vapors from uh, Sean's uh, Soothers. Um, they're doing strange things. <laughs> yeah. My eyes hurt. <clears throat> I feel tired and happy. <laughs> uh, Sean, then. Any more? Uh, um, not really, actually. <laughs> I don't really have any more, but I, would, I can give an on honourable mention to um, Final Fantasy VIII, which is definitely not a critically panned game. It got amazing reviews when it came out. But for some reason, again, it's one of those games that people remember 
apparently being terrible. And you speak to anyone on the internet, and apparently it's some god awful game that was uh, some kind of um, dirge of the Final Fantasy. Is it because the main character was uh, an effeminate um, young man? Uh, torn between. Are we talking which Final Fantasy we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this one, I kept, my first experience of Final Fantasy VIII was, funny enough, through buying Final Fantasy VII because Final Fantasy VII, the version I got, came with a demo disc of Final Fantasy VIII. No, it wasn't really a demo disc. It was a, just a cinematic cutscene on a disc. But my God, it was a cinematic cutscene. It was so epic. It just, I can still remember it to this day. Just. It had this epic um, choral intro, this um, choir just singing nonsense, you know, Latin or something. But it's, I think it starts with all these kind of rose petals and this pretty girl in the field, typical kind of JRPG stuff. And then these two dudes fighting with gun swords. Yes. <laughs> so they're swords that have the handles of, like, revolvers. Squall was Squall the, was the, Squall the main was hero. Yeah, he was the first one. Well, with I the pronounced gun, it Squall. I guess it could sword, be Squall. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I can't remember the other guy's name. The sort of blonde guy in the trench coat. Gun but they're having an epic fight on this mountain top, and it's just <laughs> mountain top, of course, of course, in their pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just think it when when that game came out, I played it a lot. Um, along with a load of other people at school who were playing at the same time and we loved it to death you know, I haven't played it since so I can't say whether it holds up all these years later but we absolutely loved it had a great time with it played it right through to the end and yeah it's just one of those mysteries to me that for some reason it's got a terrible reputation I find often with these kind of things it can be uh, a YouTube personality or some reviewer or something's made um, a, a video that uh, pans it for whatever reason and it's just then from then on it's accepted as fact that that game is bad I I find it happens a lot um, with older games Hmm. I think to be honest and this might raise uh, some eyebrows it's one of the um, it's the Coldplay uh, argument really I'm always a firm believer that it's very cool to hate on Coldplay despite the fact that so many people around the world Love clearly love them. Mm. Yeah, clearly, they're one them. of the biggest and bands. Really people enjoy, are buying those albums and yeah, really yeah. enjoy their music. Yeah. And mm. and yet, there's loads of people who go, "Oh, well, they're just you know, they're yeah. they're, they're everything bad about the music industry." It's like, no, 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 no. no. Justin mm. Bieber is everything bad <laughs> about the music industry. Coldplay are a bunch of guys mm. from England who got together and make kind of completely inoffensive music. It's completely mm. inoffensive. There's nothing bad about it. Mm. You know, for instance, I'm going to state my. Um, you know, I, well, I'd probably have to have a reputation to actually stake it on anything, but um, I'd stake uh, my uh, whatever you want to c- call what I have um, on the fact that Milo Ziloto is probably one of my favourite of their albums, purely because it was, I don't know, I just, I kind of like that kind of dirty industrial kind of sound they were going for. And actually, I I got some tickets to a charity gig, and I don't know why I'm talking about Coldplay now. I don't know why. Either. I don't know why. <laughs> I got, anyway, I'm just going to finish. Sorry, I got got some free tickets um, to a charity gig that they were playing uh, down in the O2, and it was during the Milo Zaloto tour where they had all the armbands with the flashing lights, <laughs> and we were me and my wife were there, and we were um, we were just watching the gig, and it takes a, it takes a, a little bit of intro to one of the songs. And, but suddenly the whole of the O2 lit up with various colours and it was just 
brilliant. And actually, like, I think the visual spectacle that went with it was just brilliant. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. All I'll say is, someone once told me that if you're talking about the light show at a gig, <laughs> you're missing the point of the band. <coughs> Jesus. Sorry, man. I've totally <coughs> derailed this. It's fine. It's fine. <coughs> I, I, I don't have a problem with Coldplay. I just don't. I'm not a big fan. On that note. You are, aren't you? No, I'm not. Not at all. I, I, you, I, I, you do. You, I've go, seen you go home and you listen to Russia Blood to the Head. No. I, 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 no. <laughs> Where do we go? Nobody knows. Okay, right. This is taking a weird turn. <laughs> Back to the games. I've got a few. We'll do a quick fire kind of just oh, okay. round up. Uh, so, one that came out a few years back on Xbox 360, uh, Hot on the Heels of Gears of War 2, I believe. Were by Epic Games and Cliff Bozinski was Bulletstorm, which was great game. A, yeah, a great game. Really enjoyed it. A great game until the dude opened his mouth. Yeah, he was the most unlikable. Yeah, uh, character. Total douchebag. Yeah, and and at times sexist and maybe a little bit racist at times. I believe. From, yeah, but gameplay wise, I really the, the gameplay it. was really good fun. So, like slow motion kicking people in yeah. the air and, and and taking your time to. Uh, earn as many points by stylish kills mm. um, and it, it it never really did anything and I think it was it was partially down to execution as we've said with a lot yeah. of these games that it was an interesting idea that didn't really end up doing anything uh, but it was a lot of fun it was it was a fun game that happened to just be have the least likable leading character in it which I think went a long way for a lot of people to stop playing it yeah, I um, agree with that. Yeah, uh, a couple more. Um, one I was going to mention: Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle on the Mega Drive. Dude, nice. Yeah, it was a terrible game. Nice, but reference. I enjoyed it. But it's. Uh, I just looked up the review uh, on IGN, uh, and it, they, the 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 headline for it was: "You can see why Sony dropped him after <laughs> this." Um, it was a bad game, bad mechanics, and you spent half your game playing paper, scissors, stone. <laughs> which is not what you want from your shiny new console at the time, but wow, I loved playing Paper Scissors Stone on the on the Master System, Alex Kid. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, but uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know why we clearly have differing uh, yeah. views of the definition <laughs> of the word awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, uh, yeah, I played um, an awful lot of it instead of playing Sonic, which was the third game I had. Ah. So I had Altered Beast, Sonic and Alex Kidd and I played those two instead of Sonic. Amazing. No. Interesting. No. Mm. Uh, aside from that... You don't I... live by the rules. No, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm a rebel. Um, aside from that, not really much. I think that's about it. I, I think every other game I've been kind of okay with playing. <laughs> it's gone weird. Okay. Coldplay <coughs> put me off. Yeah, yeah so. sorry about Any more for any more, Tom? Um, I'd probably say Postal 2. Um, oh. If you guys have ever played uh, Postal One, hmm. rubbish. Um, but Postal Two had at its heart really, really weird humour, <laughs> really odd humour. The gameplay was tough. The gameplay was hard. It was bad. But it kind of plonked you as this absolute degenerate in the middle of a of a town of degenerates, and um, and basically just kind of let you run free across seven days in this town and there were objectives that you kind of you know that were that had to be fulfilled um like literally the first day it gives you a list 
Uh, you've basically got a shopping list. Buy milk, buy something, buy her. But the game... The game fucks with you at every turn. You get into the shop, and there's a massive queue of people, um, and you just have to stand there, waiting. And they're belligerent people, and they're pushing, and people push past you, and they call you a cock, and they call you horrible names. And you're waiting there, and you're sitting there. And one of the best features of the game is that you can unzip your pants and piss on people. And of course that makes them puke and vomit, and you can basically just turn this the inside of this superstore into a load of people puking and vomiting while covered in your, own, in your piss. And it's just, it's just weird like that. And then you end up, you know, just doing stuff like... Um, <laughs> killing Gary Coleman when he's <laughs> when he's making an appearance at a mall it's just weird from start to finish but it's one of those games that I really liked because I just thought this is genuinely a game that hates me and it, it really doesn't want me to be playing it's doing everything in its power to make me turn off but I'm not going to be beaten by it and I played it eventually I got beaten but I got to maybe the third the second or third day before I was just like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, it's a game that is antagonising me at every turn. But it just was, it was just good fun. It just like, it kind of, it was weird. It was just, it was trying to do something different. And and you know, whatever. It was a good one. Postal two, everyone. Postal two, where you can piss on people. <laughs> I, I mean, one more for me was, um, it's on PlayStation Two, the Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers game. Oh man, oh. that's awesome! That's I, don't, is that, I, I just assumed that was. <coughs> I, I the did Return of the King it. was excellent. Yeah, that oh, was I did, well, yeah. I did not enjoy those. I, really? I, really? Yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely put them in my list of, uh, you know, movie times that did no, nothing. Good. They Which look, will they be another like, topic. So but then you don't like the Lord of the Rings films, do you? Uh, no, no, I hate them. Well, there you go. This is why, they were pretty <laughs> Why faithful. did you play it? <laughs> yeah. Because I thought, maybe if I'm in control of what's going on, mm. because I, that's the thing that annoyed me about the Lord of the Rings films, mm. was that I had, a, I had an idea of the universe in my head, that the films just kind of went, no, no, this is how it looks. But that's what mm. films are. Yes, but to someone who loved the books, I was just, mm. I was like, this, it wasn't because, I, I didn't hate the films because they, because of, what they were I hated them because they they ruined what I thought they were like uh, okay. and it was just a personal thing I fell asleep during the first one because I was just like I'm not going to watch this anymore well this is definitely thing. a topic for another uh, yeah movie time that's, that's, a, big, that's yeah. a big well I mean just yeah. Tom's hatred of Lord of the Rings oh yeah definitely yeah. It's, it's well documented and bear in mind I cried at the trailer <laughs> like I, I was so excited about it I looked I saw them that first trailer where you said this is another topic we'll get into this another <laughs> time it's at this point that Sean's laptop gave up the ghost. It said, I've had enough of the Coldplay chat. I've had enough talking about some of these terrible games. I hate Lord of the Rings myself. I'm with you, Tom. And said, uh, no, enough is enough. So it closed itself down. So I'm tacking an intro on at the end here. I'm tacking an uh, outro on at the end here. Um, so thank you for listening. And we will be back again uh, in a few days, I believe. Hopefully, as long as the rest of it doesn't sound terrible. But we'll let you know. Uh, thank you and goodbye.